0: It's just, it's absolutely crushing. I feel like it's ruined my life, honestly. And that probably sounds melodramatic, but I, I just, I, I don't know how people are supposed to go through life this way.
1: That was Sarah Vuhi's, one of many individuals in the US for whom higher education has not only failed to deliver on its promise of prosperity, but has left them trapped with thousands of dollars worth of debt.
0: I had decided to go to law school. And um, I got a partial scholarship, and it seemed like a a good idea. I did well my first year, and things were going well, and it seemed like a good prospect.
1: In the summer after her first year, her mother passed away. She
0: was the closest family member that I had, um, and it was just a a very hard time for me. I, I think. When your mother dies, it just changes your life in a way that is hard to describe.
1: It it just changes things. Her school suggested she take some time out of studying to grieve, but not being enrolled in the course meant she was not eligible for financial support.
0: During my time off grieving for my mother, I had no income, including loans. So I was running out of what little money I had, and I felt like I I need to do something. I need to go back to school, get back on the financial aid, because I was still planning to graduate from law school. So I went back before I felt really ready, and um, I didn't do as well academically as I had done. I kind of broke down and just wasn't able to do it, and I failed Not all of my courses, but most of them. And the school kicked me out for academic failure. And so everything that I had invested in law school, thinking I would be a lawyer in the end and be able to pay the debt, didn't work out so well.
1: Sarah struggled to find a job. I was
0: not really a a prime candidate. You know, the economy was bad at this time, too. And here I was with no recent work experience, and I'd been in school, but I had didn't have a, gre- a degree who would want to hire me. Well, nobody wanted to hire me, so I was unemployed for a long time.
1: Sarah contacted the loan services and was advised to apply for unemployment deferral, which allowed her to suspend her payments temporarily, but didn't put the loan's interest on pause.
0: I don't remember exactly what my balance was when I... When I was kicked out of the school, it was, I want to say around 60 to 70,000 dollars. And that was 2011, and as of 2018, when I refinanced, it was 162,000 or something like that, so it had more than doubled during the time that I was using these unemployment deferrals.
1: When Sarah refinanced her loan in 2018, she began to pay off the interest, but is still in over $150,000 worth of debt. Last year, federal student debt came to a total of $1.6 trillion, which is 8% of the country's national income. I'm Lucy Warwick-Ching, the FT's Personal Finance Digital Editor, and this is the FT Money Show podcast. Today's guest is here to talk to us about her recent article, the 1.6 trillion US student debt nightmare. Alice Cantor, a reporter on the FT's digital video team, struck a nerve with readers, and her article generated hundreds of comments. The figures on US student loans are staggering, with problems estimated to affect 45 million Americans, 20% of which are in default, having gone at least 270 days without a payment. So Alice, Can you tell me why Sarah is not unique in this situation? Yeah, so Sarah
2: is one of millions of Americans who've gone to school and taken a federal loan from the US government, not realizing that they would be unable to pay back. There are a lot of people who manage to pay their student debt. But for people who don't manage to finish their degrees like Sarah did, or who've paid all but the last $10,000 of their loans and just can't seem to pay that final amount off, um, student debt can be devastating. So in Sarah's case, how did her debt grow like that? So Sarah was in a case where the plan she put in place before graduating didn't match her situation after graduating. She didn't have the income she expected to pay the money she owed. In that case, you can defer payments, but interests add up. The same thing happens if you pick an income-based repayment plan. Basically, there are ways to pay less for a while if you can't afford the debt. But the government system is punitive. You will be charged extra interest rates for failing to pay on time. So you're paying less money monthly at first, but you're accumulating
1: more debt and quicker. So could the UK face similar situations of mounting student debt? Tuition
2: has gone up in the UK, but we're nowhere near the American situation. Outstanding student debt in the UK amounts to £121 billion. That's a fraction of the US debt. The other thing is that the UK government writes off student debts after 30 years. 83% of students in the UK have not paid back the entire amount of their debt. It doesn't impact their credit. It doesn't impact the government benefits that they receive. So I would argue that the UK is not in the same situation as the US. It is true that students feel snowed in by debt and are struggling to pay it off. I think it's important to keep an eye on student debt in the UK and look for signs of it degenerating. But it's not worrying at the moment.
1: Taking a step back. Can you explain to us why university is so expensive in the US?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, in the UK, it's about £9,000 for one of three years of bachelor's studies. In the US, you can easily pay 20 to 30 grand a year in tuition alone. And a student will need four years, not just three, to get a bachelor's degree. So, already we're seeing it's way more expensive than in the UK. And the reason for that is that, well, most American universities invest in large facilities and campuses that's really expensive to upkeep to pay for staff and then for the more prestigious universities you need to have competitive pay to attract the best teachers and pay for their benefits most universities also have research facilities and some of students tuition pays for that so what's changed then why has debt gone up to that extent What's changed is that in the past, the U.S. government and individual states would contribute to those costs. They would support public universities. And that's no longer the case. Federal funding has consistently fallen since the 1960s, and it has stagnated since 2007. The same thing happened to states' funding. Universities have increased student tuition to make up for that gap in funding students now have to bear the burden of university costs instead of the government. And why are we talking about this now? Well, student debt has become a huge problem. It's the largest consumer debt after mortgage debt, and about one in 10 students is expected to default according to conservative estimates. So the fact that a lot of former students feel buried under gigantic amounts of debt is a problem, and it also means that they spend less, they consume less. That's bad for the economy. So, in this election year, what has the candidates
1: been saying about it?
2: Well, Mr. Trump's solution has been to try to cut the federal budget further to incentivize students to think twice before taking on debt. He's also promoting shorter degrees. On the Democratic side, candidates like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders have offered to eliminate chunks or all of student debt. Now, they would pay for that by raising taxes on the
1: rich. So, obviously, this is a heated issue. A lot of people in the comment section of your article joined in the conversation and shared ideas of, on where they think the problem comes from and what to do about it. Um, do you want to read the first comment that we picked? Sure. So, this comment comes from Dave's in the wrong room. And
2: uh, Dave is saying vocational qualifications are one solution, but they aren't giving the respect they deserve from prospective employers as well as society as a whole. The student debt problem is alive and well in the UK and set to get worse over the next few years. The simple fact is that we can't claim to be meritocratic when the costs
1: of higher education are so prohibitive. The next comment comes from a reader who writes under the name Lambert. It says, The USA also has an obsession with university degrees as the only route to financial success. Many countries such as Germany and Switzerland have flourishing apprenticeships And technical studies programmes, which are key contributors to low unemployment rates and reduced income inequality. Another reader, who comments under the name Yellow Moon, says The widespread availability of student loans has simply allowed universities to continually raise their tuition fees irrespective of their costs. Over the last 30 years, tuition has risen by 3% more than the rate of inflation. Why? Education is essentially the transfer of information from one set of minds to a larger set. In all other sectors, information costs have plummeted due to massive technological change over the same 30-year period. In addition, a very large proportion of the actual teaching is conducted by adjunct professors whose pay is extremely modest. The whole model of university education in the US is broken and ripe for major disruption, perhaps in the form of a greater acceptance of quality online degrees and the delivery of higher education throughout the lifetime of citizens, rather than crammed into the four years following high school. Someone under the name whatever says, financial economist
2: and professor at Dutch university here, I can confirm that the Dutch schools are an excellent option for US students. Most teaching is in English, many international students... Tuition well below U.S. levels, with the exception of executive masters and MBAs, many professors with U.S. PhDs, the majority of my colleagues, in fact, and teaching quality the same as very good U.S. schools, where I and many of my colleagues used to teach, e.g. we use the very same textbooks. I also have the occasional American student in my course, though not many yet, though probably most of them chose our university initially for the city rather than the educational experience. (laughs)
1: So great to have a positive comment there. Um, Here's another one from someone calling themselves Beantown. Beantown says, I was heartened to see an advertisement in New Hampshire last week, featuring a young woman talking about how glad she was that instead of going to college, she went through an electrician apprenticeship programme sponsored by the local union and is now making good money in a high demand career. And guess what? No student debt. Thanks very much, Alice, and a big thank you to all our readers and listeners who regularly comment on our articles or get in touch to share their views. If you'd like to contact me to perhaps suggest an item for a future podcast, then you can email us money at ft.com. You can also follow us on Twitter for the latest news alerts. Our handle is at ftmoney. We'll be back next week at the usual time. Goodbye.